Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church Podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and His church, grow in faith and understanding of God's Word, and serve in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to attend any of our three services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Well, happy Father's Day, guys. I pray that your day is good. I pray that you're able to rest or fish or eat or watch TV or do whatever you want to do, just time with your family and friends. And, and, and just a, a real quick reminder, guys, I'm, I'm not preaching about this, although I have in the past. Uh, you have great responsibility to your wife and children, right? God's going to hold you accountable. And so we live in faith. Uh, we trust the Lord, but we also understand he's given us uh, a lot to do with our homes. And so treat your wives well, treat your children well, love them, support them, and be the spiritual leader God's called you to be, right? Lead your family well, and God will honor that and bless that. Guys, hope you have a, a fantastic day. Take your Bibles now, open to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, we are continuing our study, our sermon series through the book of Philippians. It's a verse-by-verse study. I've challenged you every week to read through the book of Philippians, to allow the Lord to speak to you, to be encouraged. And uh, at this point in our study, we're about halfway through the book. There's only four chapters. It's pretty short. But Paul has been encouraging us. Paul has been challenging us. And I want to remind you of something from from last week, because remember, it builds on what we've already seen. It's important for us to understand where we've been, to understand where we're going. And so let me read for you just a few verses from last week, and that'll give us a nice transition into our scripture this morning. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul said, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. Listen, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And so Paul's been talking about this comparison between the things of the world and the things of Jesus. And he's made kind of this startling uh, 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 verse to us, this startling idea, this realization that he's considering all the accomplishments, all the things in his life, garbage, rubbish, compared to the work of Christ in his life, right? So he's found Jesus, he's living for Jesus, he's seeing everything as a loss for Christ. So it's kind of on that foundation we're going to build now in verse 12 of Philippians 3. We have it on the screen. You can follow along if you forgot your Bibles. There's one in the seat right in front of you. It's a black hardbound book. Uh, We're on page 981, Philippians chapter 3 beginning at verse 12. Again, Paul speaking. Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had, has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. 
And if anything you think, excuse me, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Now, Paul wants us to understand, right, built into this fabric. This is important. Paul wants us to understand that there's this onward, ongoing struggle to become more like Christ. Right, I've said this before. I want to reiterate this, remind you of this, make sure you're clear on this. Your walk with Christ is a constant growth upward. Right? There's never this place of plateau. There's never this place where you've kind of arrived and you think you've got it all figured out. There's a constant onward, upward pressing on toward the things of Christ. Right? Paul helps us understand that. He wants us to see that week by week, Month by month, year by year, slow and steady, moving more and more toward the things of Jesus. Now, here are the truths that Paul kind of gives us in this text to help us better understand how to do that, to see what that looks like. Truth number one, Paul gives us this very clear statement in verses 12 and 13. Number one, Paul says we need to forget the past, right? Paul says very simply, we need to forget the past. Verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Right now, Paul kind of helps us understand in this context that he hasn't arrived. Right? He's not perfect. He's not there yet. He hasn't attained this. He's got a long way to go. It's an ongoing challenge for him. Now listen, let's just understand something here. This is Paul we're talking about. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament other than Jesus, maybe the most well-known person in Scripture. We know the stories of Paul. We know what he's accomplished. We know about his missionary journeys. We know about the letters that he wrote, how well-known he is in Christian history and throughout the Bible. Listen, if Paul hadn't arrived, you haven't either, right? When we see Paul say, listen, man, I'm not there yet. I promise you, you're not there yet either. Neither am I. And so we kind of come to this realization, we're not where we need to be. We're not where we were, praise the Lord, but we're not where we need to be. There's this onward growth, this upward growth, walking more and more in the things of the Lord. Here's the problem. It's not easy. All right, so we, we live in this place in our society, in our time, where there are a lot of voices that pull at us. Right, the world and, and maybe people in our lives, the enemy, right? There are all sorts of voices that pull at us and vie for our attention. They want us to listen to them. They oftentimes, if we're not careful, will pull us away from the things of the Lord. And so our walk toward Christ is difficult enough when you add to it the fact that the world and friends and the enemy pull away from the things of Christ, it becomes even more difficult. And so Paul gives us this interesting phrase in verse 13. I want you to kind of hear this and see this. Paul says, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it on my own, but one thing I do, right? Not a lot of things, not multitasking. There's one thing, right? This is my focus, forgetting what lies behind, straining, an interesting word, forward to what lies ahead. One writer said this, the highest priority in his life, this is Paul we're talking about, the highest priority in his life 
captivates his full attention and demands total concentration. The tyranny of urgent needs, the clamor of popular voices, the top news of the day all take a pale second place to the one overarching goal of Paul's life. All his thoughts, all his emotions, all his decisions are focused on this one thing. Right? Paul doesn't get distracted. There's not a lot of stuff Paul has to worry about. Paul says, listen, I'm going to do this one thing. And in order to do this, I am going to forget about the past. Now, there's kind of two categories of the past I want you to think through with me just for a few minutes. You're going to probably fall into one of these two categories as a believer. The first category is the group of people who have kind of done some things in the past, have made some mistakes, have maybe lived a way that they're not proud of, and the devil is really good about continuing to bring those things up in our lives. So we're reminded of the mistakes we made. We're reminded of our own failures. Uh, We're reminded of our personal struggles. On and on the list goes. And the devil's really good about reminding us of all the things we've done wrong. And so for you, it might be something like this. Uh, The Lord calls you to maybe lead a Bible study. Or the Lord calls you uh, to witness uh, to somebody about Christ. Or the Lord calls you to come along beside a friend and just love somebody in a difficult time. You fill in the blank there. The Lord calls you to do something. You feel good about it. And all of a sudden there's this nagging voice. Oh, but remember what you did that time. Or remember what you said, or remember that feeling you had, or remember your personal struggle. And you come to this point of wondering, am I good enough? Does the Lord want to use me? Is my past too much to overcome? You need to understand something very clearly in Scripture. No matter where you've been or what you've done, there is forgiveness in Christ. 100% forgiveness. It's not as if there's 80% or 75% or 42% or whatever. Christ says, listen, because of what I've done for you, because of what I've accomplished on the cross, all of those sins are forgiven. And so maybe you're in the category of being reminded of the past. The enemy's going to lie to you and try to trick you and keep you from doing what the Lord's called you to do. You need to forget the past. It's done. That's the first category. There's another category, right? And Paul could, by the way, fit into category one very well. Paul persecuted believers, tried to destroy the church, did everything he could to keep people from coming to Christ. He very easily could fall into that category. Here's the other category. The other category is people who've done some pretty good things in the past. You've made some good choices. Maybe you've been real serious about your faith. You've grown to this point of maybe leading others to faith in Christ. Maybe you're some sort of a leader or you've taught Sunday school or you've gone on missionary trips or maybe you were a missionary or whatever that looks like for you. You've done a lot of good things and your tendency, what you have to guard against is thinking, listen, I've done enough. (laughs) Time for a break. I worked really hard. God did a lot of good things in my life. Praise the Lord. He used me and worked through me and has accomplished much in my life and my wall. But I've kind of done enough. I've arrived. I'm, not, I'm just going to kind of coast uh, for the next many years and not worry about it. God's done enough. He's probably finished with me anyway. He's going to use somebody else, right? Paul could have fallen into that category as well. 
Paul wrote most of the New Testament, had three successful missionary journeys, planted churches all over Asia Minor, wrote most of the New Testament letters to the churches, right? Paul did incredible things. He very easily kind of could have kind of rested on the past, uh, thought that he had gotten to that point of achievement, wanted to just kind of relax and not do anything else. Paul says, listen, we need to forget the past, Right, the point is, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, we, we all need to be reminded, set the past aside, don't be complacent. Because Paul's setting us up for something else here, right? right if we're going to set aside the past, that's great. What are we going to do instead? Look again at verse 12 of Philippians 13. He says it several times in here. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. First idea, we're setting aside the past, whether good or bad. Set that aside. Truth number two, press on toward the future. Set aside the past, press on toward the future. Right? Paul kind of gives us this contrast. He's setting aside where he's been, whether good or bad. He doesn't really tell us here. But he's setting aside the past. Instead, he's going to focus on the future. But I want you to notice what he says here. I want you to notice how he uses this phrase and pull verse 13 up. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and what's the next word there? Man, that's like, like a, a symphony of straining, 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 straining. Let's do it all one time. Forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, right? Straining is hard work. It's not easy, is it? Paul doesn't say, I coast, forgetting what lies behind and coast forward to what lies ahead, right? It's cool, it's easy, it's simple. That's not what he says. He's straining, he's working. One writer said it like this this is the only time the word straining appears in the New Testament. This verb means to exert oneself to the utmost. It graphically portrays Paul running a race. His body bent forward, his hands outstretched toward the goal, his eye is fastened upon it. Every thought, every emotion reaches out in eager anticipation of arriving at the goal. Progress in the faith requires stretching beyond past and present accomplishments and reaching out to seize every opportunity to grow in faith, right? Our walk with Christ isn't a, a lazy, simple stroll in the park. It's a long-term, ongoing, oftentimes battle, a fight to grow in our walk. You know, the, the Lord has, has done a, a lot of great things in the history of our church. I mean, from the, really the beginning, the Lord's hand has been upon Rosemont, and we've seen salvations and baptisms. We had a baptism again at 930 this morning. We've seen baptisms, salvations, People uh, changed in this community, just the impact of our church in this community, uh, in this region, all around the world, our, our brothers and sisters in different parts of the world that we minister to. God has done great things, but here's the problem, right? We can't allow the past to become so important to us that we don't focus on the future. 
be very easy for us to say, man, we've had a great run. A lot of, a lot of good things have happened in our church. We're just going to kind of take it easy and not worry so much about the future. Let's just think a lot about the past. Paul says, listen, set the past aside, press on instead to the future, whether as a church or as individuals. And by the way, strive to do it. Work hard to do it. Put forth effort to do it. You say, why, why is it so difficult? Why is it so hard? Because the enemy is going to do everything he can to stop you from doing it. Right? The devil wants you to focus on the past. Whether that's worried about all the bad things you've done or thinking you've done enough good things or whatever the case may be. The enemy wants nothing more than you to become complacent in your faith. I think many people have. I'm reminded of 1 Peter 5, 8. We, we've seen this passage before, but it says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, right? The enemy works in fear and uncertainty and confusion, but watch, this is important. Even in the midst of that fear and uncertainty and confusion, we press on. I want to show you a picture of a place we saw a couple of weeks ago. I told you about our trip out west, and, and one of the things we got to see was the Grand Canyon. How many of you have been to the Grand Canyon? Okay, good number of people. You've seen it. This was the west rim of the Grand Canyon. There are different rims, obviously, different places you can go. And this was a little closer for us to get to. This is Guano Point. You can Google it and read about it. And one of the things that we learned very quickly about the Grand Canyon is the scale is impossible to understand with your brain, it's so vast so large. You look down and there's nothing down there but rock. And so you don't know how big things are. Uh, we were told this is about 5,000 feet to the bottom of the canyon from here down to the Colorado River. Long way, very beautiful. If you see the buildings kind of put in scale, the building kind of, uh, the brown building kind of up a little bit with the solar panels on top. There's actually a restaurant in that building. So it's pretty large. You kind of see the idea. Way out there on the very tip, there's a little uh, square looking thing there to the right of the point. That's an old cable car. I didn't know this until we went to the Grand Canyon, but there are literally thousands of caves in the Grand Canyon that have never been explored because they're too far up the cliffs to get to. So there's a cave a thousand feet off the ground, another cave 2,000 feet, and you can't get to them. And so they discovered this cave years ago uh, that had a lot of minerals and resources on the other side of the canyon. And instead of rappelling down to it, which would have been very difficult, they literally built a cable car system. So this is the beginning of the cable car system. It went 7,500 feet down across the canyon into the cave, allowed them to get, turns out there wasn't anything in the cave. They thought there was going to be all these resources. They went bankrupt, long story. An airplane literally clipped the cable with its tail back in the 40s, I think. Everything collapsed. The pilot survived, but the only thing that remained was that metal building. Well, just to the left of that is this little peak. Right, Just a little point to the top there. Now, from your real comfortable seat right now, that looks like an easy hike, man. It's simple, be easy, to, easy to get to. We could walk up there, no problem. When you actually get to this point down here near the parking lot and try to walk out by that ledge and across that little bridge and up to the top, it's a little difficult, right? And I'm not going to name names in our party, but a few of us were a little afraid walking up that hill. And there are times where you wonder if we're going to really make it up. 
right? And one step in front of the other, and there are times where we stop, and like, do we want to continue to do this? But my whole family, all six of us, made it to the top of that peak. And I'm telling you, from the top of that peak right there, Guano Point, the very tip top of that spot, is probably one of the most incredible views I've personally ever had. It's a 365-degree view, obviously, of the canyon. You can see for many, many miles in every direction. You can see about a mile down to the Colorado River. It's incredibly beautiful. Like pictures don't even do it justice, obviously. But the thing I learned was the process was not easy. It's difficult to get to that point, right? There was fear at times, uncertainty. Can we really make this? But we figured out that once we got to the top, it was well worth the struggle to get there. You understand? We pushed through and made it, right? Translate that to our Christian walk. There's all kind of struggles. There's all kind of things that are going to get in our way. There's all kind of fear and confusion. The devil reminding us of our past. Can we really do it? Do we know enough? Are we God? Can God really use us? We understand. Listen, we press on. We work through because once we push through the struggle, the view from the top is pretty incredible. God wants you to do amazing things. Amazing things. Right? Listen, Paul was a nobody until the Lord called him to do amazing things. You ever thought about that? Noah was a nobody until God called him to do amazing things. Moses was a nobody until God called him to do amazing things. These people have one thing in common. They were obedient to the Lord. That's it. They were afraid too. They were unfearful. They didn't know what was going to happen. They had confusion. But they trusted the Lord. And so Paul wants us to to remember, listen, we set aside the past. Instead, we press on to accomplish the things that the Lord has called us to accomplish. So how does Paul do it? Let's kind of wind this thing down. Look at verse 13. Look at verse 12 again of Philippians 3, right? So we're setting aside the past, pressing on toward the future. Look at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Truth number three, set your eyes on Jesus. Forget the past. Press on toward the future through the fear, through the anxiety, through the uncertainty, setting your eyes always on Christ. Paul mentions in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, this idea of a goal. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You see, that's an, that's an interesting word. He uses the word goal, then he uses the word prize. What, what was Paul's goal? Right? Paul said a lot of things, right? Paul, Paul wrote a lot of letters to a lot of churches, and there, there's a lot we can learn from Paul. But one of the things we understand about Paul as we study him and try to learn a little bit more about who he was is very simply his goal was always Jesus. He wanted to preach Jesus. He wanted to live for Jesus. He wanted to share Jesus. He wanted people to come to faith in Jesus Everything about Paul's life, everything about his walk, everything about his speech, everything about his attitude pointed to Christ. That was his goal in life. Now, let's apply this to us. If I said to you, your goal in life is fill in the blank, what would it be? Right? Because for a lot of us, our goal may not necessarily be 
Christ. Our goal may be fame or riches or notoriety or accomplishments or or a whole litany of other things, right? We have a lot of goals that we set. How many of us are focused on the things of the Lord? How many of us think about Jesus? How can I serve him? How can I live for him? How can I love him? How can I share my faith with the other people around me, right? Paul says, listen, this is my goal. I've set aside the past, good and bad. I'm moving and pressing on through the future, even through the fear and anxiety, attacks of the enemy. I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on Jesus. I'm going to live for him. That means here in my day-to-day walk. That means in life. That means at school, at work, at home, with friends, on the ball field. Whatever that looks like for me, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to live for him now. I'm going to live for him moving forward. Right? we got a lot of opportunities here. There's a lot of things that Rosemont offers you. There are opportunities locally with mission work. There's short-term mission work. There's long-term mission work. There are opportunities within the church, right? There's really no excuse for you not to find a place to be plugged in and serve on some level. But all we can do is provide it for you. We can't make you do it. We can't make you press on. We can teach you the truth. We can show it to you. We can kind of break it down for you every Sunday morning, which is what we try to do. But only you can fix your eyes on Christ. And only you can trust him. Only you can follow him. Now, saved what I think is the best for last. I want you to look at verse 12 again one more time. I want to finish up with this idea. I, I read through it, but I kind of skipped over it because I wanted to save it for the end here. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Paul says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Listen, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. It's a beautiful phrase. It's a beautiful understanding when we begin to comprehend this idea that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, has made us his own, right? We're not unknown. We're not alone. Listen, we're not worthless. Our society tells us a lot of things about worth and value, and most of the time they're wrong. They're very confused. Your worth comes in the fact that the Lord created you in his image and he sent Christ to die on the cross for your sins. That gives you worth because of who you are in Jesus. And so if you're a follower of Christ and you say, listen, I've lived my life for Jesus and this is a good reminder for me uh, to set the past aside again, to press on toward the future, keep my mind and eyes focused on Jesus, that's a great reminder for you as a follower of Christ. Put that into practice. If you say, listen, I've never received Christ as my Savior. Uh, I've gone to church before, but I don't really know what that means. I'm not really quite sure who Jesus is. I'd love for you to tell me or share with me. I'd love to do that. And so so in just a minute, our worship team is going to come out. We're going to have a time of invitation, and I'm going to be standing right down there. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to come forward. You can come and pray. The altar is open for you to pray. You can come speak to me about joining the church or your growth in Christ, or salvation, I'd love to talk to you. But just understand this. The Lord has accomplished great things for you. He calls you to do great things. If we'll set aside the past, focus on the future, pushing through the pain and the fear and the misunderstanding, focusing on Christ, the Lord will use us to accomplish great things for his kingdom. 
Uh, Let me pray for us this morning. Father, we thank you for the truth that you've given us in Philippians. We thank you for the clear understanding, Lord, that Paul has shown us. We pray for the encouragement and the challenge, Father, to press on regardless of where we've been, to press on with our, our mind and our eyes on Jesus. Father, understanding that Christ has made us his own. And so, Lord, I pray right now for the person, uh, whether at home or in overflow or in here, Father, that's listening to this sermon but's never yet received Christ as their Lord and Savior. Let this be the Sunday. Let this person understand their need for a Savior, repent of their sins, and turn to Jesus. Father, may you receive honor. May you receive glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.